Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk real business with real gym owners. I'm your host, Katie, and today I'm here with Julius, owner of NuX Fitness and Wellness in Tracy, California. How's it going, Julius? Howdy, howdy. I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. So let's hop right into it. Um, I'm super excited to learn a little bit more about your facility. So tell us about NuX. What kind of services do you guys offer there? Uh, NuX Fitness is a personal training studio. We mainly focus on the uh, individual. We do also offer group classes, um, small and large, uh, for instance, like HIT or uh, small family. Um, but we, we want to focus on the individual and getting to those individual goals. Yeah, awesome. I love that. I love the whole personal training, like getting to make that connection and getting, yeah, like you said, to focus a little bit more on their specific goals, because sometimes that just doesn't happen in the bigger group classes. Um, but it's definitely, yeah, cool that you guys have both because the group fitness classes obviously appeal to a little different kind of person and they're fun and high energy, lots of camaraderie. So, um, you know, it's super cool that you guys have a balance of both. Um, okay. So I'm, you know, like I said, I'm super excited to kind of dig into how things run for you a little bit more. Um, but first give us a little background on how NuX came to be. How did you decide it was the right time for you to go into business for yourself? Ooh, that, that, that took some years. Um, I was first a business banker at, uh, Washington Mutual. And then, so when they got bought out by Chase, I was offered a teller position. And I thought to myself, that's not going to work. My car payment alone is more than what a teller makes each month. So um, I decided to take the severance package. And then while I was working out in the gym, oh gosh, what was it? I think it was World's Gym. I was working out and a lady approached me and said, hey, are you a trainer? And I said, no, I just you know like to work out. And so then I ended up getting my certification. Fast forward, I moved to Northern California and I was working at 24 Hour Fitness. Then... Uh, uh, a gym called uh, InShape. Um, InShape then uh, started making moves. I had bought a building, bought some property, and the owner or the the, the, the lessee of the building uh, was a gym person. I didn't know it. I, I bought the building sight unseen um, just as an investment, and uh, <laughs> the rent ended up being late. And so when I came down to uh, you know collect, I was like, oh my goodness, it's a gym. This is going to be a win-win for everybody. I can I'll charge you less if I could use the space to train my own clients. And this is when I was at a, a big box. Uh-huh. So that didn't end up working out. So I said to myself, this is the perfect opportunity to start running things myself. And so I just, you know, put the blinders on, said, open up this business. And here we are. Nice. I love it. You just, you know, put your head down, left right into it. And obviously it's paid off for you guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, okay, cool. So you've been ho- open for about three years now. You've built the business up. Let's talk a little bit about where you guys are now. How big is your facility and about how many clients are you servicing at the moment? 
Uh, I service about 27 clients and the space is 2,200 square feet. I, uh, so we have a lobby, an office, and then the working floor. All right, cool. Yeah, that sounds sounds like a pretty good size there. Um, so those 27 clients, is that just you personally? I know you had mentioned you do have a few trainers. Um, That's also. me personally. So yeah. I, don't, I don't have the uh, numbers on each of the clients that of the other trainers have. Mm -hmm. So, but they have uh, several themselves. Okay. Some more than others. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Tell us a little bit about how that works. The trainers that you have are not actually um, on your payroll, correct? They. Correct. Yep. They do. They um, pay you a portion per session, or is it just like a flat monthly? No. So what I feel is, um, uh, I feel that I want them to grow their business, so I give them. Um, one fee per month just to use the space. So this allows them the opportunity to make as much as they want. So I found that it's a headache for me to say, okay, you had this client on this day, you had this client on this day, I don't want to keep up with that. So I just say, hey, you're going to pay a flat fee, for, flat fee per month. You can have as many clients as you can handle. Yeah. And it works with my trainers because they know that after a certain amount of trainers, it's all profit to them. Well, you know, minus their said bills or whatever is going on in their lives, but at least they know that each month, this is all I have to pay to us versus some months I'm going to have to pay, you know, $2,000 and other months I pay $200. That's just right. Uh, business for me doesn't, it doesn't work well for me. Yeah, absolutely. The, the less things that you have to keep track of to put on your plate, the better. Um, so tell us a little bit about how do you generally find the trainers that are renting out your space? Do you, are you actively looking for them? Are they maybe, you know, clients or people that have heard about your space? Uh, the latter. Uh, in the beginning, I had did some advertising and didn't quite pan out. Um, and as the pandemic happened, <laughs> that's when the trainers came on board. They, they were like, okay, let's, I can't find a job in the gym because all the gyms are closed. And so with us, we said, okay, you can come on board, just bring all your online clients. And after the online clients came, they were like, okay, well, you're filming from this space. Are we able to work out at that space? At the time, no. But as soon as we were able to open, they brought those clients over here. And then that's when I offered the, hey, would you like to rent space here? You can continue to train your clients. Yeah, very cool. That's a fantastic opportunity for any trainer. Um, so, you know, obviously, like you said, things went online a little bit during COVID. So tell us a little bit about how COVID impacted your business. Is your membership still down? Have you managed to kind of build things back up? Where, where do things stand for you guys? Uh, membership is definitely climbing back up. Um, it's not where it used to be at, 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 at the peak, but mm -hmm. we're slowly getting there, getting more. Um, the trainers are starting to bring more clients. And I think that's where it's, it's scaling better mm -hmm. because now I have the other trainers bringing on more people, not just myself. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that definitely helps quite a bit. Um, so how do you... Um, well, we won't talk about the other trainers, but how do you personally acquire new clients? Is it mostly referral, word of mouth? Have you done any sort of paid advertising? All of the above. The, what's working best for me right now is uh, word of mouth. Mm -hmm. um, I'm starting to learn the Instagram and Facebook uh, uh, marketing. Yeah. So starting to use that, um, that appears to be working. 
And then I did some paid advertising, some different marketing stuff from different people and gurus and right. the ROI just wasn't there. Um, mm -hmm. Or they wanted me to do this, uh, oh, do this challenge. That's what makes a bunch of money, you know, the, pay the $600. And then if they, I'm not about that. I'm about, you. this is what we offer. You want it, great. If you don't, awesome. There's different gyms around. But again, those marketing gurus and whatever they want to call themselves and saying, oh, I'm going to get you 20, 30, 40 members a month. And, and that's either for a class-based system mm -hmm. or a bait and switch system and those kind of things. And that's not what I'm about personally. Yeah, for sure. When you say bait and switch system, what do you kind of see that as? I see that as you get this, this challenge offer, if you will, because the, the one that, that I see that makes money but doesn't click the client very long time is do this challenge you pay the money if the if they make it they get their money back if they don't then you get to keep it but then you do some type of different offer after that oh, that's okay. not for me yeah yeah you'd rather just have people come in decide right off the bat if you think they're a good fit yes. or not just um you know offer your services and you know they can kind of take it or leave it exactly Okay, so speaking of that, um, do you have any specific sales process in place? Like what happens when you get a referral or someone responds to your ad? Um, you know, when someone raises their hand and says, hey, I'd love to join NewX, what does that look like? If it's done online, they get a, um, the CRM gives them an automated uh, text message or uh, Facebook or Instagram, whatever um, avenue that they use, they'll get sent the message. Then I get sent the message at the same time. So I'm able to call them back um, at my convenience. Um, we set up a consultation after the consultation and they'll have their, that's when they decide whether they're going to sign or not. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. Do you generally just, um, you know, what happens in your consultation? Do you have like a questionnaire, try to like determine their needs and then present the options to them? Or how does that work? Absolutely. So when they come in, they uh, sign all the waivers, of course. We have a consultation um, and then that consultation also includes a workout. And I believe if you put them through the workout of what they want to do, because I've seen a lot of trainers uh, do this general workout for every single person. And that's an absolute fail for me. And I think I have success in getting them, oh, I want flatter abs and bigger butt. That seems to be the, the, the consensus <laughs> with uh, most females and guys are like, I just want a bigger chest. All right. right. So I put them through said workout. Um, and then while they're, their endorphins are up and are excited and they're touching their muscles. And then that's when we go through uh, the numbers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very cool. Uh, I love that. I know a lot of places, you know, will their initial consultation won't include a workout. And I think it's cool that you guys do and it's very personalized and you can kind of see how the per person moves and what level of service they're going to require. Correct. And then you can just kind of give your best recommendation from there as to which route they should go. All right, I love that. Um, okay, so... Um, you had said that you're at about 27 clients yourself. Mm -hmm. Are you happy with that number? Are you looking to grow? What do you think your capacity is? What's your magic number for in your head? Oh, well, fire department says <laughs> <laughs> uh, 50 at one time. Um, so to get to 50, that, that'd be a good number. 
because um, yeah, that's that's feasible without literally killing myself right you know, exactly you have to be able to have some type of life outside of outside of work and business oh yes absolutely and you know gym owner life is exhausting it's a lot of a lot of strange hours lots of early mornings later evenings right so, and people don't understand that it doesn't stop at them coming in the door you have workouts to write you have papers to read articles to read keeping updated with the industry itself uh, mm -hmm. keeping updated with the science um uh different clients requiring different things at different times of the day switching schedules it, it, it's a lot right oh yeah yeah i feel like everybody you know most gym owners are really trainers at heart and everybody looks at running a gym and they're like oh it must be so easy like all you do is coach classes and you know you must just be making all this money and it's just it's not true like <laughs> it's a lot right. of hard work for sure um okay so you know that so 50 is like your personal capacity um do you are you you have four trainers is that do you think that's a good number for you are you looking to kind of take on more because obviously that's a good source of revenue for you without really having to do more yourself no as soon as i hit the 50 i'll probably shut down taking any more mm -hmm. um, but as far as the other trainers go I, I don't know what their capacity is since uh, two of the trainers are class people yeah um they could probably stand to do uh, a quite deal more if they're running classes all day one of the trainers i'm mentoring she wants to go from this being a part-time to actually making money and i asked her i said well you come on board i, I will mentor you mentor you um if you want to make this livable you know mortgage cars everything make this an actual business for you so you don't have to do this other job or is it just a part-time job so two of the trainers want to actually move into doing their own thing yeah that's very or doing this full-time i should say right yeah yeah that would be amazing if you can make this a full-time career um do you are you actively looking for or would you accept i guess you could say um adding more trainers to renting your space or do you think yeah i want to i want to cap that at 10 as well 10 okay. um i think beyond 10 will uh, the space is not big enough. Like I said, 2,200 square feet seems big, but if you have mm -hmm. five trainers at the same time, you know, one can't run class while four others have privates. That's it's not going to work. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. I think yeah, 10 sounds like a good number. Is that something that you are currently actively pursuing, looking for people, or is it just kind of like if someone happens to come along? Um, actively. Actually, yeah. What, yeah, so what since, kind of since COVID stopped, um, same thing, just uh, social media, mm -hmm. uh, calling other trainers, um, the gyms that have closed and trying to get in contact with the trainers that I knew uh, network that way. Say, hey, I know your gym closed. What are you doing? Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, one of them went back to working for, uh, what's that auto play? Uh, AutoZone. I said, really? Oh. <laughs> yeah. so, okay. I think. Right. You need a guaranteed paycheck. I get it, but if you if you're if you're good at your craft, you should be able to do it on your own. Right. And if you can't do it on your own, you know, have a mentor or two to guide you on the way. Yeah. Obviously, keep your part-time job at AutoZone, but you've seen me go from fitness counselor at a big box to the keys to my own place. Like it's 
you know, I made my errors on the way that you don't have to make because I'm going to let you know that does not work. Right. <laughs> this is not going to work for this setting. This is not going to work for this trainer. But, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I love that you're, that you're so willing to kind of take them out under your wing. That's amazing. Uh, okay. So, you know, we kind of um, touched upon your core offerings of personal training, a few classes, things like that. Do you guys have any other services that you currently offer, you know, whether it be nutrition, online workouts, apparel, supplements, anything in that realm? We offer endermology, um, which is a lymphatic system uh, massage. And then we offer, uh, we sell t-shirts, uh, trying to get a line of clothing. Uh, just can't find the right uh, vendor just yet. All right. Because uh, I want a particular style. Um, I'm super particular. <laughs> so it's taking me a while to, to find the, the right apparel uh, to start selling. Um, we do offer online. And we are the only gym in the nation who has uh, tonal machines. So that's a, a digital uh, workout machine. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I've seen ads for those on like Facebook and stuff, or I think even commercials on TV. They look super cool. Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, that's cool that you. So you that know. system, that that part, I do need help with. I I tried to market it, market it, market it, and to no avail. Um, oh really? And it's cool. an awesome machine. It's it's getting people in the door. Once they get in the door and try it out, it's great. But to sell it itself, it's uh. Right. Huh. That's what kind of things have you been doing to market that? The same exact thing I've done for the personal training and classes. It, and it's just not the fit for that, apparently. Huh. That is very interesting. I would never have guessed that. Yeah. I mean, I think it sounds cool and a useful tool, but um, do you use it with the clients that you already have? Both um, online clients. Uh, in-person clients and the the online clients who actually have this machine in their home. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, that's cool that some of them have it. Um, okay. So out of your, tell me a little bit more about what your online offerings are. Uh, the online offer is uh, much cheaper. I only do a, a two or three day a week program. Mm -hmm. um, whereas the in-person is a lot more flexible and customizable. Right. Um, because with the with the online, it's you typically have a, a client who doesn't have all of the equipment that's inside of a gym. Mm -hmm. right. So it's not I wouldn't say cookie cutter, but it's you have to get it down to using very little equipment most of the time. Right. Yeah, you definitely have to kind of get a little more creative. Um, so it sounds like you guys maybe just kind of have some like set workouts that you give people, but they're not necessarily customized to them the way it would be if you were seeing them in person? Well, they're still customized, um, but it's it's done with what they have. Mm -hmm. uh, some clients want more and, and it's like, okay, sure, if you're willing to purchase all this equipment for your home, if it even fits, um, then we get, it's just a lot more successful in person. Uh -huh. um, maybe I need to create a system for the online. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm sure that's, yeah. As a business owner, I, yeah, I can admit that my online service is good. Um, it could be better. Uh -huh. But I think that's where if I get um, some more automated stuff for online, uh, it will be better. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's nice way to kind of um, get 
your services out there to a lot of people without piling a lot of extra work on yourself, adding a lot of extra overhead. Um, right. Very cool. Um, okay. So we kind of talked about where you guys are at now. So let's look towards the future. What kind of goals do you have for the next year or two? Do you guys have anything you're actively working on? Just increasing uh, clients, both personal and group um, for the, the group trainers. Uh, Want to increase the, each, each class to max out at the 15. So my space uh, 15 is, uh, seems to be the perfect number for group classes where there's enough space, enough equipment. So mm -hmm. if tr each trainer can get of their, what, I think six hours, seven, seven, eight, eight hours. Wow. So eight hours of classes per day, if they can all get 15 clients at yeah. eight hours a day, whoo, right. that's, 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 that would be success to me. Um, in a year, could, I, could it happen in a year? I, I would say, I could get close to that number in a year. Uh -huh. um, the personal 50, um, I think I could add maybe 10 more. So I'd be a little bit off for that one year. Yeah, yeah, And absolutely. grow the endermology side, which is the spa side of it. So yeah, got to get that up and running. For sure. That sounds awesome. Um, so obviously it look, seems like you're looking to grow a little bit kind of in all areas. Um, tell me what is your retention? Like, do you find that you're having to add a lot of people because a lot of people are leaving? Is that something that you even track on a monthly basis? No, I don't. I, I have more leaving that I want, but it's still very low. And when I consider all the clients who've been with me for the last three years. So there's some that have been with me since I was at um, the other gym and they followed me here. And then there's some that last maybe, you know, a month or two. Right. Uh, during COVID, I, I, I think that's why I didn't, that number was off a little bit. So once uh, the gyms opened back up, mm -hmm. because the, the big box gyms here was still a little, a lot more strict and you had to get appointments to go in. And it, it was really, really crazy and stringent on right. when you could get in, how, what you could do, how long you could stay, all this other stuff. So the, uh, the studios were making a lot of money getting all the clients. Once they lifted it and everybody was just free to go into their own gyms again, that's when a lot of people left, at least for me, I lost one, two, three, four, five, I think eight people in the last two months. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's quite a bit. That's, that's, that, that was a lot. But then now we're going back up and I've only lost one in like the last, I think the last two months oh, I lost well. one. But prior to that, when, when COVID, when it just opened back up, it was just out the door. It seemed like every other week, someone was like, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm sorry. I'm leaving. I'm sorry. Like, I get it. I get it. You, yeah. Right. That, that's your spot and it's opening back up. So you can't fault them for that. Right. And yeah. then now that I'm not losing at that rate, then I know it was just a, a COVID thing. So now mm -hmm. back on track. So the, my retention is high, um, but the sales aren't as fast as I'd like them to be. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, that's, that's awesome that you guys are definitely on the upswing. Um, but you know, and I've heard from a lot of gym owners too now lately that things are definitely looking up. So, so that's good. I love it. You guys have some really great goals. Um, okay. So 
as we're kind of winding down here on time, I have one last question for you. And that would be um, if you could go back and give yourself or our listeners one piece of advice about running your own business, what would that be? Oh, it can't be one piece. One piece is <laughs> you can, do you can do more not if you want. <laughs> quit. Do not quit. Find your focus. Do not quit. You're going to get a lot of doors shut in your face. It was one of my clients, a mentor, business mentor. He said, mm-hmm. in business, three things will happen. It's going to cost more than you think. It's going to take longer than you think. And is, uh, what was the last one? More, uh, cost more than you want. More than you, I forgot what the third one was, but it, it's, it's <laughs> rang true. It's just, it, it just takes time. You got to be patient. You got to um, be able to work through those 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 hard times where you think it's a fail it's a win because you at least learn something right exactly I love that a lot of times people don't necessarily want to talk about the things that aren't going so well or haven't gone so well but most of the time that's the most useful learning opportunity exactly yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, it looks like we are just about out of time here. So thank you so much for being here with us today, Julius. Um, so before we go for all of our listeners out there, where can we find you? What's your website, social media? Newxfitness.com, uh, New X Fitness and Wellness. On social media, you look us up under New X Fitness and Instagram New X Fitness on all platforms. All right. Awesome. Well, to all of our listeners out there, thank you for spending some time with us. We hope you found some value in my conversation with Julius today. If you'd like to hear more, be sure to click the subscribe button. And if you'd like to be featured on the podcast, click the link in the description, fill out the form, and a member of the team will be in touch as soon as possible. This has been another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. We'll see you on the other side. Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Ken Nixon, owner of CrossFit Montgomery in Alabama. Sir, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Dominic. How are you? I am fantastic. I thank you for being here with us today. Let's, uh, let's hop right into it, Ken. Um, we don't have a ton of time and I want to make the most of it. Tell us about CrossFit Montgomery and what it is, how you're changing lives down there in Alabama. Well, we're a true CrossFit affiliated gym. We're the longest uh, running CrossFit gym in what we call our river region in about a 30 mile, mile square uh, radius. Uh, been in business about 11 years uh, un- under that name and uh, we cater 
heavily to the military. We have a military, strong military presence here with Maxwell Air Force Base. So probably about half our membership seems to be, be military. Uh, good and bad thing about that is we, we get a lot of good people, but we lose a lot of good people as they cycle in and out. Uh, we're uh, in what I call a traditional CrossFit facility, an older warehouse that's over 100 years old, but still has really good bones in it, has a lot of character. We always get a lot of com comments as it relates to, to that. Fantastic. So I want to get into, we talked a little bit off the air of your story of ownership, because some of it's going to sound familiar to a lot of, a lot of owners out there or people who might become it. And some of it is a little different twist. So you remember at a gym, um, you saw, you know, there was an opportunity there to uh, take over ownership and, and revitalize it. Um, not to disparage anything to do with the previous owners, but sometimes you have the normal, ebb and flow of business ownership in a CrossFit gym. So you saw the opportunity, but man, your plate was pretty full already. So how did the decision-making process work? What, what things were going on in your life uh, when it came time to take over that gym? Uh, you know, it was about four years ago, right? Correct. Uh, well, I'd been doing CrossFit for about six years and settled on CrossFit Montgomery. There were a lot more gyms in the uh, river region at that point, but I kind of liked the feeling, the vibe, the coaches there joined and dove, uh, you know, hit head in and just love the idea of CrossFit, the functional fitness model that, that it, it, it lets me age well and, and maintain, you know, health as, as, as I get, get older. Um, but uh, I think what happened is the gym started back in the heyday of CrossFit, you know, 10, 11, 11 years ago. And I think they saw easy membership. I think a lot of fitness crazes, you know, they spike and then you see them wane off the next new hottest thing comes out and, I think there was just a lack of attention, a lot of lack of focus. And I kind of watched membership dwindle. And I think the owners had some different things going on in life where their focus was pulled elsewhere, family, career, things like that. I was a little more set in my family and, and my real career. I'm a lawyer uh, by, by, by trade. And um, uh, I just watched the membership at a gym I really loved dwindle to the point I thought it was going to fail. So went in and talked to the uh, owners. We came up with a, an, a, 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 an acceptable offer. And then we've uh, pretty much tripled our memberships when it got to a low. It was actually around 20 when we we, we bought it. So it was very few members and, and we're up to uh, a little over 70 now. Fantastic. So you know, a lot of people will hear that and have been in similar situations or maybe, you know, think, that, you know, they want to own, they want to go on their own. They want to have a CrossFit gym. You know, the investment might seem intimidating, but sometimes the answer is under your nose in the place that you know and love um, sometimes might become available uh, for someone who's passionate and, and maybe has a little bit of backing. So I think it's, it's really a good idea to always keep your eyes open and uh, the place that you love to work out and the people that you love are always going to be the one you can invest the most of yourself in. So you came into it not having a big financial burden as far as having to support yourself, support, you know, any family members from the gym, um, which isn't necessarily always the case, but is not a bad position to be in. So do you feel like that put you in, in any sort of unique position to be able to do different things with the gym or approach ownership and management differently than you might have otherwise? 
I think so. As I said, I'm I'm a lawyer, but I'm also an accountant. I've worked for a couple of Fortune 500 companies. Uh, personnel management's always been something I've, I've done. I manage about 45 people now and, and manage as many as 70 in, in my career. So, so uh, you know, managing a few coaches, you know, a few hours a week wasn't that that big, big a deal. And my, my big concern was just getting control of, of everything financially initially. And uh, I'm not, uh, the, the other owners um, that went in with me, I didn't say I had to be the one in charge, but I think they looked to me for that because I was a little bit older, a little more established in some of those areas. Uh, and uh, I gladly took that because I needed to have those reins. I didn't want it to cost me money. And um, I, I think that's the imperative on any business is keeping your overhead as low as possible. A lot of people chase the shiny objects, the, you know, the, the, the brand new, everything, the shiny, this, the shiny, that, and, and they overcommit early on. And then they find themselves working for something that's not enjoyable anymore. So my, my idea, I, I like to prepay all expenses, insurance, uh, rent, what, what, whatever those are programming, um, uh, I like to pay coaches on time. That makes coaches happy. Then, uh, you know, that not, not not paying on them on, on time. And then I like building a cash flow, excuse me, a, a, a reserve rather, where we, we, in case you fall on hard times, we were able to, during COVID, we had already built up enough reserve where it, it didn't even impact us financially at all. We, we had, had to close our gym for about six weeks. And um, we, we actually... I saw what other people did. We let our members check out equipment. We did at-home programming for them, sent them something every day to do, and didn't charge them anything for six weeks. I saw other gyms in our area that they did similar. They did programming, let them take equipment, but they kept charging them, and they weren't even having the benefit of coming into a facility. To me, that was just wrong. But I think what it created was a lot of loyalty for our gym. So as soon as the doors opened back up, we were right back to wide, wide open again. Yeah, the uh, financial planning, the, the the business intelligence, the um, the experience that you brought into ownership is definitely a reverse from a lot of the ways. You know, you get a lot of fitness enthusiasts that get their business education on the fly by the seat of their pants when they come into a micro gym space, um, you know, trainers opening gyms, things like that. So coming in there definitely gave you an, an advantage and probably something that doesn't get talked about enough because so many gyms are struggling, you know, to pay the rent and owners to make a paycheck that it doesn't get to that point. But you talk about having financial reserves and that's something we talk about a lot is um, before people go out and you know, they want to, they want to buy all the equipment in the world, or they want a bigger facility or a second facility. And we talk about, you know, having a plan for some type of reserves, you know, whether it's three months of expenses or six months of expenses, do you timeline yourself that way? Do you say like, I feel comfortable if, you know, if I have three months of expenses put aside or six months, is there a, a, a I don't want to talk about a, a number, but is there a, you know, an amount of time that you feel real comfortable having in the bank? before you make any other big financial decisions? Yeah, one of the things I insisted on were that we had three months of reserves in our bank account. 
And then we started building on that. And, and, and as soon as we established that, then I said, we can start looking at buying new equipment, replacing uh, aging a, a, a equipment. Um, one of the things we did initially, and I kind of insisted on with uh, the couple other owners that I said, I want us to carry the bulk of the coaching load initially, because uh, then we could defer some cost. We, we paid our regular coaches timely, even you know, as soon as we started and um, uh, uh, but we, we just created a payable account for each of us. And then once we hit that reserve and started going over that three months reserve, then we pretty much quickly paid all that back, prepaid our, our insurance. And then, um, I think they saw real quickly that that was the right, right way to go. We, we never have financial woes right now. I'm not saying we're immune to it. You know, anything could, could happen, but it helps, particularly if you have partners, uh, it can lead to some bad relationships anytime money's involved, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and that that can be the detriment to uh, uh, any relationship. I, as I mentioned, I'm a lawyer. I did family law for years. People fight o over money all the time and it can end friendships. So you, you need to have a good plan there, particularly if you have, have, a, have a partner and you want to work because you enjoy it. You don't want to work to uh, because you have to do, do do your hobby. I don't want to be working for my coaches. I don't want to be working for the facility or the landlord. I want to do this because I like it. I want to walk in there and still it still be a pleasant place for, for me to go. Yeah, it's real, real easy to end up down a road where you resent the thing that you love, that you bought into, that you believed in. And money is a necessary catalyst for keeping those things going. You can't um, you know, you can't pay the bills on your love and passion for coaching or, or helping people. You know, you have to have some sort of, of balance there, whatever works for you personally. So uh, you mentioned your partners a couple of times. What's the, what's the relationship? What's the structure there? Are they also people who were clients of the gym that you went in with? Are they just other business partners of yours? And, and how, do you, how do you structure your management there with you? Well, we have, uh, we, there's actually four. There's okay. one that was the original owner that started it 11 years ago. He is what we, uh, he, he's a little uh, distant. Uh, he's uninvolved, but he is an equal owner. And then there's two others. And we, we were members. We're the ones that switched, uh, came in and bought out one of the partners. But then we insisted that the last remaining owner sell part of his so we could be e e equal owners. So we do things by committee. If, if there's a manager, it's, it's me. Uh, and, and that's just the way we've uh, stru stru structured it. But um, uh, I guess, like I said, they're a little younger than me. So I think they've accept, accepted that or even looked to me for, for, for that, that role. But, but, but to answer your question, the, everyone has real careers. Uh, one's an insurance agent, one's a real estate agent, one's an IT guy. So, so we have a lot of diversity in, in our, in our uh, I guess, our professional backgrounds. Excellent. So that's your, your kind of higher up management structure. Is everybody else who works for you just a coach or is there a like in-house manager, uh, head coach, anything like that as you go down the structure? Or is it the ownership group 
and then coaches, and and that's the stratification. It, it's we're we're a, a limited liability company. That's the way we're structured for our business entity. And then there is no manager. Now we've got to the point where we've talked about hiring a manager to actually run the gym and do the scheduling because we'd like to pull some of that off our plate now that we're a little well established. That's just one of those uh, nuts that uh, that gets pretty big because you have to pay someone a, a pretty good salary to come in and do that. So we haven't quite got there yet, but we've been entertaining the idea. But uh, so the coaches are just all independent contractors now. They're 1099 employees. And, and, and that's how, how we compensate them. We schedule them. Uh, and we generally do our scheduling by committee. We like people to pick static um, classes that they can coach each week. That helps the membership. Uh, I like to think all our coaches are pretty good. But, you know, some members like uh, different coaching styles. Every one of us are a little unique in how we go about, about it. So uh, uh, that helps the membership when they know which coach they're they're going to have at the time they like like to come. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I like again that you've thought about it is a really good idea to have a manager, and you know that'll take some responsibility that we can delegate. But we have to make sure that the financial aspect makes sense. And we're not just doing it out of convenience or out of a, a rush to, to hand off some of those things that maybe you don't like doing, or maybe you want some time back. So uh, I think that's, it's really a good way to look at it of, you know, how do we, you know, or maybe what's a manager going to add, you know, are they going to be able to be responsible for maybe some in additional revenue to offset the cost? You know, how, how do they benefit you in that? So I'm sure you've you've looked at that from a lot of different angles as far as um, not just taking it on as an expense that, that doesn't have any revenue to offset it, right? Yeah, we, uh, what I've kind of looked at and told the guys, I said, if, if we really want to do that, I told them we need to get up, and this, I'm, I'm a numbers guy too, mm -hmm. we need to get up somewhere around 85 to 88 recurring members uh, from a re revenue standpoint because those additional 15 to um, 20 recurring revenue members would allow us to pay, I think someone a salary that would be acceptable to bring them in and do that. And then the benefit you get from that is, uh, I don't do the programming, we outsource our programming, but someone still has to enter it, that's me. Someone still has to do the scheduling of the coaches and update the spreadsheet, make sure they're there, that's me. So I would like to have that removed as well at, at some point. And I, I think what I personally need to do is a couple of those things I just said I do, I need to shift that to the other owner so they feel that little bit of uh, it, it's not pain, but but you're your previous gym owner and you you uh, you uh, did did your own uh, pro, pro programming and um, you you realize the time commitment to that it's, it's a daily thing uh, that, that you always have have to look look that you always have have to look look at. Understood. Yeah, it, it definitely it always it requires some degree of attention and. That just means your attention isn't on something else that you might want it to be. So it's it's a great thing to outsource if you find something that you can believe in, uh, which sounds like you have. You know, you've looked at some things and you've got it there. And um, I, I love the way that you approach things. Everything is numbers based. It's it's analytical. It's it's black and white. You know, emotions can make for some real cloudy decisions and probably a lot more regrets. So, uh, you know, your, your way of looking at things, um, I wouldn't say it's, you know, cold and detached because then, you know, 
that gets away from what people love about CrossFit and the communities and you you're looking to do the best for those people, but you're not going to make a decision that puts the jeopardy of the business uh, or the future of the business in jeopardy. So it's definitely a, a very interesting uh, balance that you're trying to maintain. So we've only got, uh, we've got a few minutes left. And, you know, one of the things that you just mentioned is maybe the next, the next step, the next level for you is, you know, getting to that 85, 88 clients and then feeling comfortable and, and taking on a general manager. So we're always interested in what different gyms and different areas do to attract new clients. So as we get towards closing this out, that's, that's a topic I'd like to hit. What, if anything, do you do to get people to raise their hand and say, I want to come check out CrossFit Montgomery. I want to be part of the community. Do you have any active marketing efforts or is it all, you know, passive word of mouth, like getting referrals, uh, basic social media? What do you do to, to bring people towards you? We, we do uh, basic social media is uh, one of the things we do through Instagram and Facebook. We do the boost with that occasionally. Uh, as I mentioned, we have a strong military presence here in Montgomery. And uh, what I found is, whether it's through law or gym, our best clients or best customers come from word of mouth referrals. Uh, because, it, you know, you, you can look at the, the great advertising online, which is good. If I, I think if you're new to the community or you're new to the area, the social media is great. That's how I find gyms when I travel. I, I go to their web pages, see what CrossFit gyms are, are near me. And I think CrossFit's evolved to the point that the people that like CrossFit are going to continue to do CrossFit. So that's what they're they're look, look, looking for. Uh, so I, I, we want to be that best option in the Montgomery area when someone comes to our moves or travels, when they Google search, they're going to, I mean, I love our name is CrossFit Montgomery. So if, if we, we should be the first one that pop up a hundred percent of the uh, time. Yeah. That's uh, that's one of those things where people, people rack their brains and, try to find good names. And I know that that headquarters doesn't let you pick, you know, the name of your town for your gym anymore, but being grandfathered into that, something I don't think I'd ever let go of because you just automatically get anybody looking for it in your town. You, like you said, you're going to see them first. You know, if you were like, I want to name this, you know, CrossFit best in the world, it might sound cool, but it's not going to get you as many hits for that, you know, kind of organic search traffic. So, um, I agree also that the word of mouth, the referrals, those people, you know, they're more likely to be like the clients you already have and love. Uh, sometimes that falls short and people need to add on some, some paid advertising. Like you said, you do some boosts, you do a little bit of social media, but having that good presence is important too. So it sounds like you are on a trajectory to get towards, you know, that next level, maybe get to that you know, that general manager hire or manager and uh, continue to keep this thing thriving so that nobody's in a position where you are, where the gym they love might not make it, right? Exactly, exactly. Well, sir, we are now officially just about out of time. Before I let you go, uh, I get two things I'm gonna throw at you. One is you're four years deep into this and with a world of business knowledge beforehand. So if you could give yourself, you know, at the time you were you were about to jump into it to ownership of the CrossFit gym or somebody listening, you know, one piece of advice, what do you think that would be? Well, I think the biggest thing is understand your cost. 
uh, it, uh, of what your recurring monthly costs are going to be. That's your key thing. And then you, uh, I think the most important revenue stream we have is our recurring revenue. We get a lot of one-offs, some drop-ins, some foundation type things, but I base everything on what we have recurring. Um, I don't like the idea of putting someone on a contract. So uh, we, we, we want our product to be good enough to where we say we don't need need a contract. I don't want to trap you in with a six month contract or a twelve month product uh, contract because e either your product is good that you're offering or it's not. And if it's a good product, people are going to give you those good referrals and they're going to keep keep coming come, coming back. Uh, but I, I think keep that overhead low and understand what all your costs are from whether it's cell phone, uh, electrical, water, garbage, there's always some fees that you don't quite quite think, think about. Your, your programming, your time commitment to do those. So just understand all those hit, hidden costs so you know what, as I say, that nut is that you have to hit, hit each month. Absolutely. Tracking, tracking your numbers is important. And, and anybody who's listening to this that may be in a CrossFit facility, uh, it rings just as true in tracking your workouts and your progress, or I guess any type of fitness, but you being CrossFit specifically, it, it, people will track that religiously and then run away from the numbers on the business sometimes. But exactly. whether, whether you care about them or not, they're still going to be there. So you got to got to pay attention to that, right? What gets measured gets managed. And uh, I think that's that's very solid advice. So last thing, if people want to check you out, uh, maybe they want to come drop in. Maybe they just want to see what you're doing in the online world. Where can they find you uh, on the Web, social media? What are your handles out there? Well, uh, CrossFitMontgomery.com is our Web page. You can look out, see our coaches, get a little shot of our facility and our philosophy. You can also find us on CrossFit underscore Montgomery on uh, in Instagram. Uh, and then Facebook, uh, you can just uh, CrossFit Mon Montgomery. Pr pretty simple. If you do CrossFit Montgomery, you should find us. Yes, sir. I appreciate the, this, the beauty and simplicity. We are now out of time, sir. I thank you so much for being here and spending a little bit of your day with us. All right. Thank you so much, Dominic. Enjoyed it. You, you are welcome, sir. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we thank you for spending part of your day with us. We hope you've gotten some value out of this episode. If you want to hear more, you know, great business owners like Ken, getting some knowledge, dropping some wisdom, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. If you want to be on the show, talk about your gym, your business model, how you're changing lives in your area, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get in touch with you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Gym Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders.
What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. It is your host, Jenna. I am here with Chuck Bellew out of Shallowroy, Pennsylvania with Mokes Martial Arts. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Yes. First of all, Chuck, I want to thank you for volunteering as tribute to joining us here on the episode today to share some value um, and ultimately a fairly new um, business owner in this industry. So that's awesome. So what I want to first prompt you uh, to paint the picture, lay out the scene for the listeners is how did you know it was the right time to open your own facility? Okay. Um, I've been in this for 32 years. And after 28 years of training with my instructor, I decided to break away. I took a few months off and gathered some of the instructors that um, I'd worked with in the past and just decided to go for it. I mean, it's something I've always wanted to do mm -hmm. and there's no right time. I think if people wait, you know, until the time is right, they'll never do it. You just have to jump in feet first and go for it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I talked to, um, some gym owners earlier is actually four of them. They're all in a business together Four women who just opened up a gym. And that's one of the biggest things that they said as well is that, you know, um, if they would have waited five years turns to 10, 10 turns to 20, and then people just never end up doing anything that they want to do ever. Um, so yeah, cool, cool. So let's do this. Let's fully understand a day in the life at Mokes Martial Arts. What, what's a day of the life look like? Bread and butter, whole nine. Okay, it starts out, um, I'm usually up between four and five on the computer, trying to, you know, process memberships from the night before, you know, go over notes from the classes, um, adjust any curriculum that we might have to, um, based on the classes that week, and then just get right into it. I mean, I, I'm always planning out classes and trying to change things up a little bit to keep it interesting, especially for the children. Yeah. Um, the adults are a little bit different. But, you know, when you're working with kids two and a half years old, it's kind of you got to keep their interest and you have to make it fun for them. So going through that and then I'm usually down here um, around four o'clock getting ready for the classes. I have some private classes that I do. And then after the private classes, I go right into either children's classes or the adult classes. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you know, you're staying clean. You sweep yep. the mats, you mop the mats, you know, you make sure the windows are clean. So it's a long day, but it's, yeah. you know, it's worth it. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely a long day. So, I mean, tell the listeners how long that you have to officially have the facility for now. Okay. So I've been open three years. Mm -hmm. um, my first, this is my third location. My first location, I outgrew in about six months. Mm -hmm. Second location, about a year and a half later, and then last July, I had uh, cashed out some of my 401k and bought a 17,000 square foot building. So this is my, hopefully my final location. But if I will grow it, I'm okay with that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if I have to move for growth purposes, then I will. Yeah. Okay. So you have, so this location right now has 17,000 square feet. Well, the, the building does. Um, I'm not using all of that. I have some okay. tenants, you know, but I, I have um, probably half of that. Okay, gotcha. So, but you are essentially paying for the whole space. I, is that correct? I am, yes. Okay. Gotcha. So, um, with that being said, with you being in the game three years, you have a lot of space to work with, right? So, how yeah. many current members are we sitting at right now? Um, well, we're right now we're at eighty nine. Okay. 
Nice, nice. Okay, gotcha. So we're at 89 members. We have a good bit of space to work with. What is our overall goal as far as um, members go? Like, what are we chasing with that? Um, it's really not chasing numbers. Mm -hmm. You know, it's about helping the students. It's about, you know, helping them become better children, better adults, better people overall. You know, yeah. I don't care if I have five or 500. It's not even about that. It's about, you know, helping people. Yeah. So it's a little bit different than most gyms. Like most traditional gyms are out, you know, you get the members, you make the money, things like that. But martial arts is a lot different. Yeah. So I think, you know, if you, you can better a child's life or an adult's life, that's what we're here for. So if the numbers grow, yeah. that's okay. You know, I'm all right with that too. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I hear, you know, honestly, a, a lot of facilities say that it's definitely about like what we do rather than yeah. the money that we make for sure. And I think that not that I'm going to challenge you on that necessarily, but what I think is a perspective to, to look at when it comes to that is, um, you know, the more profitable you are as a facility, the more that you grow ultimately is what you can put back into the facility to bring more value to your clients. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like the more that we're Agreed. able to, you know, and the more that we're able to get, you know, um, whatever it may be, new equipment, you know, uh, anything, right. The more that that increases the value, especially if new people are coming in, it's like, wow, like they're, they don't want to leave. So it increases the longevity, the retention, everything like that. Oh, so absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And I think that what a lot of people miss is, is that passionate spectrum of it like you have, right? But, you know, you got to have being passionate and you got to have where you're eager to be profitable and grow right. combined together, which is really cool. So, yeah, uh, okay. you have to balance it. And sometimes it's hard to balance, though. It really is, you know? Yes. And, you know, I hear that a lot. And especially kind of being in the position that you are right now, you know, you're a sole owner, right? So you're kind of a one man band trying I to. Am. I am, yeah. but yeah, when I, when I opened the school, I had three other co-founders though that came with me, like I said, some of the senior instructors. So they helped me tremendously. That's awesome. As far as the day-to-day, -day, the financial responsibility, that's all me. Right. Which, you left, know, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I left the corporate world. I was um, a senior financial analyst for 20 years, you know, so yeah. I, I left that behind to pursue this. So it was a big, um, you know, yeah. big leap of faith. Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes what, you know, especially with you being the sole owner, you're kind of in this position of like, okay, half of me has to be a trainer and a coach. And then half of me has to be a business person, but you're one person and you can't fully be both, right? Like you can't right. fully be a trainer and you can't fully be a business owner. It's hard. So it's kind of, right. It's about finding that balance, you know, and uh, to being able to, to grow and continue to be passionate, but continue to be, you know, profitable. So yeah. Awesome. So we're at 89 members right now and walk me through your process of getting new faces to the door to be able to continue to help more people. Okay. Um, believe it or not, most of it is word of mouth. Yep. Um, but I do, uh, Facebook marketing, the paid ads on Facebook, mm -hmm. you know, and that seems to work, but yeah. lately I haven't, I haven't done that. They've been coming in pretty steady. So mm -hmm. I do, I do need to do it for my, you know, three to five year old class, but mm -hmm. you know, I, I try to, um, lately I've been sticking with Facebook quite honestly. Yeah. I gotcha. And you know, especially with newer gym owners, especially you being, you know, within three years, that's fairly new. Right. So uh, right. most of the time 
at that point in time, people are still relying and focusing on word of mouth because it's still right. pretty fruitful. It's working. It's getting them that like OG clients, those like base of clients that, you know, are going to be yeah. around for a long time. They're going to go out and tell people about you. You know, they're going to um, make the sales easy because whoever comes in, they're going to probably sign up right from our right. referral. So right. with you doing paid ads, um, well, I guess my first question is with, you know, word of mouth from just that solely, how many people, new faces or people coming in, are you seeing monthly from organic? Um, probably on a monthly average, yeah. probably five a month. Yeah. Gotcha. And then my question from that is, you know, with bringing in around five people a month, how many of those people are, con are you converting into now new students or new clients of your facility? Probably four or five, four of the five. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. good. That's great. It's about 80%. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Cool. So, and then I know that let's touch on kind of the paid lead generation world. So I know you said you were dabbling in Facebook um, and then what yeah. success or I guess what success or lack of success have you experienced from Facebook ads? Um, they've been pretty successful. I mean, I, I'm always picking up, you know, the ROI on it is pretty good. Good. You know, yeah. So, so that it's been working for me so far. I know there's other avenues I need to explore, you know, yeah. so I need to get there. But like you said, trying to find the balance yeah. between, you know, teaching classes and helping people. And then the business side is tough, you know, trying yeah. to find the time to do that, unfortunately, is, you know, what I'm lacking now. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, yeah, you're right. I feel like Facebook advertising and I think just marketing in general is kind of a game within itself. So then it's like, here you are. I'm a trainer, I'm a business owner, and now I have to like somehow be a marketer. And you're like, <laughs> how do I do all this, right? So, okay, yeah. cool. So with Facebook being, you know, you said fairly successful right now, right. I know you, you said you're not relying on it a lot right now, no. um, but how did it work for you? I guess, how many new people were you seeing from that when you tapped into it? Typically for every ad I would do, and it was, a, it was I would spend $60 and get two members out of it. So it was- okay you know, it's profitable. I just haven't, um, haven't done it for a while. Okay. I'm, gotcha. getting, um, I'm also getting students from the local school districts. Nice. That's cool. I'm friends with a lot of principals and superintendents. And, um, one of my second degree black belts is actually a principal in the local school district. And he sends a lot of people my way too. Okay. Yeah. That. That's super helpful for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you, so you, this is interesting to me and I want to touch on this. So you were putting $60 into ads you'd say give or take and yeah. what was your return on that well and that all depends too because if they stay one month or you know 10 years yeah so it's kind of hard to calculate there but I mean yeah. it's always been worth it you know in the 60 dollars could be 600 dollars. you can spend whatever you want on it right. but I've kept it relatively low just to see how it's going to work how it's played out with it. yeah yeah. 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 And I can see where you're at with that. Cause that's sometimes the fear with, with gym owners, or I guess anybody that's dabbling in advertising is like, do I want to throw a ton of money into this? If I'm not totally sure if I'm doing the right thing, right. you know what I mean? Because it's, it's not worth it. If you essentially flush money down the toilet, you know what I mean? So right. yeah. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So let's touch on, um, so we touched a little bit on how you're serving your clients right now, how many members you have, 
You know, what is your process to get new people in the door? So my question to you now, and I like to ask everybody this is mm -hmm. what is a current bottleneck that you feel like you're experiencing? It doesn't even have to be something we've touched on already, but something that you feel like is going to slow you down from the growth that you want out of the facility. Employees. Employees. Yeah. Like because, well, yeah. Um, but again, this, I can't go and hire somebody, hire somebody right off the street. You have to be right. a trained martial artist and, you know, have to learn our curriculum. So all of our instructors, you know, have come up through the system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, that's a tough part about a martial arts school different from anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And that's the challenge I'm having now. I'm losing one of my uh, best instructors going to the Coast Guard. So trying to replace him, I don't have anybody yet to replace him. So then I take on his class. Yeah. So that's the challenge there that we talked about earlier, trying to balance everything. And then, you know, things like this happen. Yeah. And, you know, and I have heard other uh, martial arts facilities say that is the hiring process for employees and coaches and is a lot different. You know what I mean? So um, and I know some people will hire with within and kind of train their next coaches. Is that something you've ever considered with martial that's arts? What, well, that's what I do. I have my students, they come up to the ranks. I have them start teaching, you know, gotcha. before they get to their black belt and I have them become assistant instructors. And then once they get their black belt then they can go ahead and teach classes and I work them in that way. Yeah. That's but again, time. I'm sorry to try to get somebody to a black belt, you know, very few people make it there. And, and then you're looking at, you know, anywhere between five, eight, 10 years for them to get there. So yeah, it takes a while. <laughs> Yeah. And, and just, this is just out of curiosity, because I don't know a ton about the martial arts realm, but is there like a way to essentially, you know, put out a listing or an ad for someone that does already have their black belt that you could hire on? Is that something that you dabbled into or did you want to do it from within? I have not. I'd rather do it from within. Yeah. And I get that. That's even yeah. just like any company, you know, if it's any sort of promotion, if you think about typically they're going to choose the person from within right. rather than somebody that knows nothing about the brand, the culture, the company. I mean, I'm not opposed to it if the right person will come along. Yeah. It's just, it's just a lot harder. And I'd rather, you know, grow from yeah. within. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense for sure. Yeah. So something that I want to transition into now um, is, and you and I talked about this a little bit pre-podcast, um, but I want to talk about you implementing soon the cardio kickboxing, having someone hired, you know, getting them trained to do that. And I guess my question is, what growth are you expecting to see from that? That's going to be the person that I'm going to have um, helping run that. You know, she has a lot of friends and she, you know, is expecting them to come um, I ran it briefly a few years ago and we were up to like 15 people, which isn't a lot, but mm -hmm. we were only doing it a few months. So, right. so you didn't really max out the potential of it right. yet, but it'd be a good idea. Right. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it'll be profitable, which is just going to take some time to. Yeah. You know, yeah, for sure. Advertise and, and. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Are you still there? Yeah, I am. Okay, because it looks like it cut out there. I'll have to time, time stamp this. Um, are you able to hear everything okay on your end? I am, yep. Okay, cool. Well, I'll make sure I time stamp this here and then let's cut this out. Right. But okay, 
So yeah, so for sure. So you wanting to do the cardio kickboxing and it's interesting that a lot of people um, implement that in a facility like yours because it does kind of appease a whole different audience, right? So does, yeah. people that are coming in because maybe it's a mom who wants to lose the weight from her being pregnant or maybe it's someone that is just getting into the workout realm and needs to be around people to show her how to do it or whatever it may be. So a lot of people find, like you said, it's a really profitable thing to add to the facility because it opens the gates for everyday mom, pa type of people that want to come in and just get a good workout. So I think it's really smart that you're doing that in my opinion, because a lot of places don't consider it, you know, and it's, it's a great move as far as an additional stream of revenue, which again, allows for you to put back into the facility, increase value, and maybe even be able to eventually step back a little bit, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I expect it to be successful. Um, I know there's places locally that offered it, but they're not being, you know, it's not being run by a martial artist. Right. If you're going to say kickboxing, you should be trained in martial arts and teach them how to kick and how to punch and proper technique as well. Yeah, that's a good point because it's like, you know, even though it's a cardio kickboxing class and it's meant for a workout, it's like, well, at least like, let's get the most out of it. Have good form. Let's make sure that we're, we're our techniques on point and getting the most out of it. So I think you're right that you'll definitely see some success from it because you are a martial arts facility and not just, um, well, I don't want to say any facilities that don't do it seriously, but you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. More corporate style of kickboxing classes, which are great. Um, right, but it Mark. does it does add an element of um, professionalism since you are a martial arts facility. You know what I mean? So, right. yes. Yeah. Cool. So let's touch on this. So we just touched on the bottleneck that you know you're experiencing. Let's let's transition and touch on a goal that you have, whether it's the next month, the next six months, or a year from now. Something that you are chasing or want to get to. Um. Probably as a business owner, you know, I gave myself a five-year goal to get to 100 students. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I can get there end of year three by year four, you know, that that would be uh, that'd be great. Yeah. No, and I think I think with where you're at right now, I think that seems like it's definitely possible, especially once you implement and get the cardio kickboxing rolling. I yeah. think that you'll probably exceed that if, if I, you know, from what you're doing I, now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I expect to exceed it by, you know, by summer. So yeah, for sure. But it's still a goal until I achieve it. Still a goal. That's right. That's right. I got you. Okay, cool. So, you know, the goal is getting to a hundred students. So what, what will life look like when you're at that a hundred students? You know, what is, what do you think it's going to change, improve from there? I don't know that it's going to change anything. We're still going to be the same. We're still going to be, you know, committed to the students, whether it's in cardio kickboxing or the martial arts. Right. You know, then you just set new goals, you know, then maybe go to 110. But but really, I would rather help five people than have 500 students. So, you know, it's a little bit different. Yeah. And that and that makes sense. And I think also what could be kind of contributing to. I think right now the position you're in, like I would prefer to help five people over 500 because right. wh- where you're at right now, being a sole owner, there's no way you're ever going to help 500 people. Right. Like right. you just can't right now. You can't be everywhere at one time. <laughs> you know what I mean? As you grow yeah. and you know uh, you're profiting more and more, you know things like that. 
you never know, I guess, what trainers could come in, coaches could come in that could make it possible with with the square footage you have to to do that. And then you be able to be more hands-on rather than hands-in or be hands-in when you want to be, not because you have to be. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's one of those things where it's a passion. I want to be on a mat every single class, every single minute. You know, but then there's a challenge too because you have parents that need to talk to you and there's yeah. issues come up with the children. You need to have meetings with them and talk to them and a parent. So it's just, it's tough the way our class schedule is. Yeah, and and I can imagine that would be tough because it's almost like you're you're being pulled. It's, it's almost like you wish you could like copy and paste yourself and then send them, <laughs> over, send them over to talk to the parents and then like copy and paste one to go teach class and copy and paste one to run Facebook <laughs> ads, you know, and it's just, it's funny because, you know, I, I can, I, I talk to a lot of gym owners and people and kind of in that same space that you're in right now. And, um, you know, they're like, I just can't be everywhere at one time. Right. And that's, you know, usually the biggest bottleneck that most, you know, sole owners experience is they're like myself at the end of the day, they're like, I can't be everywhere. Um, it is. So, yeah. I tried office hours during the day. And uh, that didn't work out too well because everybody works during the day, you know, and they want to see me when they're here at night with their kids or, or even the adults. Yeah. And so a class might end at eight o'clock. I mean, I'll get out till nine thirty quarter to 10 because I'm talking to somebody for an hour. Yep. You know, so it's, it's, yeah. there's yeah. no easy way to balance that schedule, unfortunately. Yeah. Not yet. You know, it'll work out for sure. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So this is something as we're kind of nearing our time here. I want to have you either, you know, you can talk about something you would go back and tell yourself five years ago um, or any piece of advice you would give to people that want to have their own fitness facility, own business one day, any piece of advice you would like to give to the listeners. Okay. Um, as far as advice, I would just say, don't listen to people that doubt you. Um, when I started this, I had several people say, it's not going to work. Stay in your job. You know, you have a guaranteed thing. Don't take the risk. Well, if you have a passion about it, you love what you're going to do. Take the risk. Right. You can always go back to your job. You can always, you know, get a job anywhere. Mm-hmm. But if it's something you want to do, go for it. Yeah. The worst yeah. you can do is fail. So mm-hmm. what? Then you start again and you try yeah. again. Yeah, that's something I tell people all the time is, and I've said it on the show before, is like, that's one of the biggest pieces of advice that gym owners give is like, don't wait, go after it. Like we said earlier, five years turns to 10, 10 turns to 20. And like, what's the worst thing that could happen is you come back to your current reality. Yeah. Like, you're like, I've already been living this corporate job. I've already been doing this, you know, like I have what I have to go back to that. I've been there. I've done that. Right. I'll survive type of thing. So it's like. It couldn't get worse, I guess. And I would also also add to that. Um, when I started, I still had my corporate job. So I didn't just quit and open up. Right. I did test it out a little bit for about two years. You know, I kept my corporate job. I was doing both. And that just got totally impossible. I mean, there's not enough hours a day. As the yeah. school grew, the demand on my hours grew. And working a full-time corporate job just didn't work anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine you probably felt like you do now times 10. Oh, yeah. Um, Plus, I'm a single dad, so it was just, it was hard. On top of it, yeah, no (laughs) kidding. Oh, my gosh. Okay, yeah. Well, Chuck, definitely it was a pleasure having you on here. What I want you to do is tell the listeners where they can find 
the facility through social media. That way they can give you a follow, check it out. If they're in the area, they can, they can come see you. Absolutely. Yeah. So we are at 301 Fallowfield Avenue in Charlotte, Pennsylvania. And you can find us on Facebook at Mokes Martial Arts or our website at MokesMartialArts.com. And you can call me or reach out to me at Chuck at MokesMartialArts.com. Or you can call or text me at 724-797-8699. All righty, guys. There you have it. Again, it is Chuck Bell, you thank you again for coming. You're welcome. Thanks, Janet. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Yes, absolutely, guys. Again, Chuck Bell, you with Mokes Martial Arts out of Shallowroy, Pennsylvania. So, Jim Lords, if you liked what you heard today, definitely give us a like and subscribe on all of your listening platforms. If you want to take it up a step further from there and be our next guest, you can fill out the application form below. Um, but, Jim Lords, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.